0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: When we expend negative energy towards others and the world around us, we push ourselves further away from our own success. Welcome to Wealthy Thoughts with your host, Richard Levy. Our show provides a positive blueprint to what you could be doing in order to bring more success to your life. Now, here is Richard Levy.
2: Greetings, dear listeners in the United States and all around the world. Welcome to Wealthy Thoughts. I am Richard Levy in Chicago. For the next hour, my hope is that you will feel more desire, drive, and belief in yourself to reach any desire or goal of your choosing. This is our first show of the new year. It is time to remove distracting clutter from your life, forgive anyone who needs forgiving, including you, think about what you're grateful for, and think about what you want. Think big visualize big because the universe does not care if you think big or small. It is only us who make that decision in our mind. Today, you are going to hear, my dear friends, from a woman who has been thinking big and beyond big her entire life. I hope you allow Chef Gail Gan, influence you to follow your passion and live life to the fullest. Chef Gil Gand is a nationally acclaimed pastry chef, restaurateur, cookbook author, television personality, teacher, entrepreneur, and loving mother. Chef Gand has been recognized as Outstanding Pastry Chef of the Year by the James Beard Foundation as well as by Bon Appetit magazine. Gail is the founding pastry chef and partner of the beloved Chicago restaurant True, opened with longtime culinary partner Chef Rich Tremonto, and well-known restaurateur Rich Melman in 1999. True quickly became a sensation among Chicago's fine dining community and has earned ecstatic praise from reviewers in receiving accolades from the James Beard Foundation, Michelin, among others. For 10 years, Gail hosted the Food Network series, Sweet Dreams, the first all-dessert show on the network. This show had a big impact on her career. Gail has made appearances on Martha Stewart, Oprah, The Dr. Oz Show, Bacon with Julia, that is the late Julia Child, Good Morning America. And the Today Show. She competed on Iron Chef America and has been featured as a celebrity judge on Food Network Challenge, Last Cake Standing, Top Chef, and Top Chef Just Desserts. Gail is an accomplished cookbook author with seven titles to her credit with number eight coming out on May 1. Gail also produces her own root beer, Gail's Root Beer. My wife and I have had it. It is fabulous. This is available nationally. And in the summer of 2008, two of Gail's desserts were featured at the USA House at the Beijing Olympics. Gail was chosen by Chicago's previous mayor, Richard Daly, to create the desserts for the welcome dinner for China's president when he visited Chicago in 2011. Gail participates in many national and local charities. She was a mentor in First Lady Michelle Obama's Chef's Move to Schools Initiative, which helps fight childhood obesity through national education. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me now in warmly welcoming Chef Gail Gann to Wealthy Thoughts. Hi, Gail. How are you doing? (laughs) Hi. You
3: know, whenever I hear that list, I feel like I must be 100 years old because that's just such a body of work, even though it's my body of work. Hearing about (laughs) it, it just kind
2: of wows even me. Oh, it does. I I understand that. And I think our audience uh, picks up exactly what you mean on that. And that is a long list and we certainly congratulate you gail your success story is nothing short of amazing let's share with the audience your road to a prosperous career as an acclaimed pastry chef gail way back was your first job in a restaurant not in the kitchen but waiting on tables
3: it was i was started out as a waitress um And before that I I worked with my father for years who's a musician performing. So I had a comfort level with being out in front of the public, even though it might be with people I don't really know. I had techniques for connecting. So as a waitress, I always joke, I gave really good waitress. I I loved communicating (laughs) the food to people, I loved serving people, I loved nurturing them. And you know, the word restaurant comes from the word to restore. So Mm. I felt like my job even as as a two- dollar-an-hour waitress was to restore these people back to their best selves. You know, I'm, I'm getting this at 19, so I, I was um, already sort of being empowered with the idea that I could help, that I could fix, that I could nurture and, and help people return to their best selves,
2: which was wow. a great gift. That is a great gift. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to point out two words that Gail used among many, very empowering words. This is her passion as a waitress, regardless of what her salary is, which she's going to tell you in a moment. But she gave her heart, her love, and all her energy. And the second part I want to emphasize, to help people feel good in the restaurant. And these two characteristics are part of what I believe carries Gail Gann to that big loss, long list of success we talked about. Gail, what was that big salary then, an hour, when you were a waitress?
3: I think I got $2 an hour, plus I got $2 of free food every day, which was the real reason I took the job, because I was a starving (laughs) art student um, going to the, the Cleveland Institute of Art, and I had basically no money, and I knew if I worked as a waitress, I'd at least get fed one meal a day. I actually shared the $2 credit with my boyfriend, so I would have a salad for $1.25, and he would have a carob sundae for $0.75, and that was what we ate every day that I worked. The thing, though, I want to talk about is part of the secret to this whole thing, I think, is that I was lucky enough to pick something or or do something for survival purposes that actually really fed me. And I don't just mean like the salad I ate. I mean it fed my soul. I loved the interaction with people. They appreciated it. For as much as I gave out, it all came back and then some. And even though it was a waitressing job, which, you know, isn't a great thing to call home about, I was honest enough with myself at that age that I liked it. That it was you right for it. me, and
2: that and I felt successful in it. Wow. We okay. It was your passion, and you felt successful at it, ladies and gentlemen. You want to mimic what Gail Gann talked about. It doesn't matter that the label was waitress at that time. This is what carries Gail through, and this is what she was just saying. So, what happened that one day, Gail, when your life was changed forever? That is what brought you brought you into the kitchen of a restaurant as a chef, and how did that happen, please?
3: Well, you know, sort of a happy accident, um, and it's a very typical thing that happens in restaurants, which is one of the main line cook who was supposed to come in and make dinner for that evening service did what we call a no-show, no-call. So, in the restaurant business, you don't really call in sick because there's no such thing. You're either, you call in dead, or you show up <laughs> for work. Those are your two options. So, mm-hmm. this cook just didn't show up for work one night my manager looked at me and said gail can you cook and i said no i can't cook i'm from the north shore of chicago we you know we make reservations where i live (laughs) and she threw an apron at me and she said you can cook now get in the kitchen and I was out, and I get choked up every time I talk about this, and it's been 35 uh-huh. years now or more. I gal in the kitchen, I am terrified for about six seconds. I'm, you know, I'm in a, a I'm in the land of Oz. I'm in a land I've never been in before. And mm-hmm. suddenly, second number six, I feel this strange sense of calm come over me, as if I had found my home. And if I'm speaking a language I am completely fluent in, and yet I have no memory of learning it. And I start cooking, and things start coming out. And it's just this synergy that's happening between me and the ingredients and time. You know, the customers placing their orders, and the food's coming out. And I I find my calling. And there's there's no better feeling. The tricky bit is to be honest with yourself when you get the call to answer that call because there's a lot of preconceived stuff, you know, where maybe it's in a field your family doesn't support. Maybe it's in a field that, you know, isn't highly respected in your, I always call it my tribe. You know, it's hard to call home and tell your tribe you want to be a plumber, even though that's really where your passion might lie. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the tricks is to be honest with yourself and allow yourself to be happy in whatever it is that suddenly is presented in front of you, and you just get a you feel that spark like you've never felt it before.
2: I would I love your comment about whether you're being a plumber, a chef, that whatever it is that you sense will not be expect, uh, accepted by your family. We're going to come back to that. A little yeah. bit later, I find that a very important point because a lot of our audience can relate to that. Would you say that when you're experienced that sixth, number six, second number six, that you had found your passion in life? With-
3: it was second number seven. And, and in theory, when I look back and think, well, what, what was that? I think it was really the waitress in me that knew every dish. You know, I knew what had sesame oil. I knew what was steamed. I knew what was fried. You know, if you're a really good waitress, you almost have to know each recipe, its quantities, its ingredients, its cooking techniques. And it was really sort of the waitress in me that talked to the cook in me and, and walked me through, you know, how to make each dish. It was a vegetarian restaurant called Light of Yoga. So very simple food. You know, it's not like it was rocket science back then at all, um, and still isn't. But um, I was able to, you know, have a relationship with these ingredients, and they felt very alive to me, and it, it really felt like an art form. Now I'm in art school while I'm doing this. I'm studying fine arts, you know, in college, and I come to find that in my mind, food is actually more of a fine art than fine art because it involves taste, which usually... Fine arts doesn't. You know, there isn't any sculpture that you lick or, you know, painting that you inhale to taste it. And so this really involved all five senses, plus there was this emotional component. Um, They haven't defined what sense that is yet, but I just felt it was a much more complex form of art than what I was studying
2: in school. We have about a minute before break, but would you say your visualization schools from the creative arts helped or came to your aid in the culinary field?
3: Yes, you know, I've always said when people ask, you know, why, why do you get singled out? There's so many chefs out there, and partially because I'm a woman, so that's interesting. Um, but partially, I think it's because I have a visual arts training. I ended up with a Bachelor of Fine Arts at the end of all of it, and so I approach the plate differently than most chefs, I think. I see shadow and line and negative space and positive space, whereas I think other chefs are just kind of, maybe they're looking at color contrast, but I'm seeing so much more, I think, because of my design training
2: background very good well ladies and gentlemen when we come back after the break we're going to talk about the other shift as an artist Gail worked mostly alone now she's in the kitchen working with a team and we'll see what Gail how Gail adapted to that this is fantastic I'm Richard Levy with our dear friend Chef Gail Gand and you are listening to Wealthy Thoughts on the Empowerment Channel of Voice America we'll be right back <music>
1: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to one 346 9141 That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Richard Levy in Chicago, a cold Chicago day with our dear friend, Chef Gail Gant. And Gail is now at home in the kitchen. She's at home with a microphone in front of her face. She now cooks, teaches cooking, and writes books. Appears on television and on radio like today, but she's a keynote speaker. So when you hear Gail speaking, you want to clear your calendar off and go listen to what Gail says. Gail was talking about before the break that she was leaving the creative arts to go into the culinary arts. And Gail, as an artist, you generally work alone. How did you adapt when you went to the kitchen of a restaurant to work as a team?
3: Well, in my studio, when I would work by myself um either doing my paintings or my metal smithing and jewelry, I was making a living, which you'd think would be enough as an artist. but actually, I was really lonely and I found I was like chatting up the u p s guy and you know <laughs> anyone who happened to stop by my studio I, I was sort of lingering with them and when I did have restaurant jobs um after school or at night or at part time, I found that I thrived much better and and It was just a more natural place for me to be on a team. I function better when I'm on a team and not by myself. And I enjoy it. And restaurants really are that, especially kitchen staff. My brother's always teasing. He's like, you're like a circus family, you guys. It's like if one of you leaves, you all leave. And we do get very close because you're eating together. You're spending long, long hours together. And I found I really... Liked being in a group that had sort of a a group goal and being part of that team that made that group goal happen.
2: I've watched you uh, in action. At uh, True Let Us Entertain You's True Restaurant In -hmm. Chicago And the team Is amazing You were so kind To invite my wife And me To the kitchen To watch you And Rick And the rest of the team It is Mm -hmm. a winning team It is fantastic Gail At this point In your career I do not recall You having any Formal cooking education Yet you are getting Along pretty well In fact Would you please Share with the audience The one day When a restaurant owner In a fine upscale restaurant I believe in Rochester, New York, fired his pastry chef and asked you, Gail Gann, to take over the position.
3: <laughs> you know, it was I, like you said, before I had any formal training. I do have a, a tiny bit. I went to Laveren, Paris, for um, a couple summers once I was already working professionally, but I did that more to kind of legitimize myself because I, I did self-teach, I was so self-taught and uh, when I met with Julia Child and she asked me you know, where did you go to school, darling? And I said, oh, I'm self-taught. She goes, oh, you never say you're self-taught. I always say you learned in the field. <laughs> so I lived in the field. Um, a but anyway, I had such a natural knack, apparently, for, for pastry mm-hmm. that um, one of the chefs I had worked with part-time during college came to me after I graduated, finished my Bachelor of Fine Arts, and said that he really wanted to fire his pastry chef and would I come um, to work at the Allen Hotel in Rochester, New York, and be his pastry chef. And my answer was, you know, that I, that I didn't want to because that's where women always got stuck. They were always, you know, typecast and put into pastry or salad, and I didn't want to get stuck because of my sex. And he said, no, no, I'll let you out. Just do me this one favor. I really want to fire my pastry chef. He's just not doing the job, and I know you can do it. Because he'd seen my work before that. And like I said, though, my work was just coming from my heart. I hadn't really been to school or anything. i just come from a line of Hungarian bakers. Um <laughs> And have bad circulation, which means I have cold hands. So when I touch pie dough, it doesn't melt, and I touch chocolate, and it doesn't melt in my hands. <laughs> so I've got some physical characteristics that also help mm-hmm. me excel in my field. And so I did, I said I would do it as long as he let me out when I was ready. That was in 1982. And I just saw him three weeks ago in Rochester, New York, and he asked me if I'm ready to get out of the pastry kitchen yet. And I said, not yet. Can you give me just like two more years? (laughs) So it it was a good match. And I think he recognized that I would, you know, be happy and excel in it. And there was something I couldn't see for myself necessarily.
2: So, you were found your home as a pastry chef then in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not choose to, it's very clear to me and to our audience, you did not choose to become a pastry chef. The universe brought you in there as a matter of circumstances, but it certainly wasn't because of obligations to a family member to please the family. This was pleasing Gail Gand. Is that correct?
3: Right, it was the total opposite of that. My family are all musicians. They, um, My brother has a music store, he's a, a blues guitarist and a performing musician. My sister-in-law is a keyboard player, um, performs as well. My dad has a music store, and is a, a music teacher and a performer also, and that's the world I was raised in. I always, We had a little band as a kid, the um, Gann Family Singers, that I joke was like the Von Trapp family singers, but without the Nazis. And we <laughs> traveled around the country. We played at the World's Fair. We played at Disneyland. I never took a real vacation as a kid. I only took trips, you know, during spring break where we'd go to the the Fiddler's Convention in North Carolina or the Folk Festival down in um, in Arkansas. It was always for work, our all our vacations, but music work. So that was where... Um, my family assumed I would go. That was the direction that they were figuring I would go in. So that was actually quite shameful for my family. When I called home and said, guess what? I know what I want to be. I want to be a chef. It was very hard for my family to accept that. There was, there was almost no emotional support whatsoever. They figured I would just need to be supported the rest of my life, and how were they going to find me like a husband to support me because this couldn't mm. possibly pan out
2: amazing thinking and old-fashioned thinking and I I hear you and ladies and gentlemen a lot of you in the audience have been in that position as Gail you're you're uh twisted between following your passion, your love and uh being worried perhaps about rejection from the family disapproval and Gail you chose obviously your work what you love would you uh, say to the audience, would it be true that you made your decision to choose what pleased you, what you love, what's your passion, and that decision is what brought you success and prosperity, not necessarily chasing the money in life? Exactly. Well, the, but the sort of the the double-edged
3: sword here is the person I call to get approval on this this newfound passion and love and you know, thing that's satisfying me. I call my dad and I say, guess what, dad? I want to be a chef. And there's that pregnant pause where you're waiting for, like, good idea, gay, or some kind of, you know, pat on the back. And there there was no pat on the back. There was on the other end of the phone someone saying, well, gay, I guess everybody's got to eat. And that was my father's supportive comment.
2: Everybody's got to eat, he says.
3: (laughs) Yeah, meaning, you know, I think, meaning like, well, at least you get fed at work. I choose now to see it in a much broader way of everyone does have to eat and what an interesting career I've chosen because it touches everybody. Everyone needs to eat for survival. So I've found an area that touches everybody and has importance in everyone's lives. But having said that, you know, there there really wasn't support from my home. They pictured, you know, some blue-collar, drunk, you know, with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth, you know, a shorter-to-line cook. They didn't know in their minds that food could be an art. But at the same time, as, as I'm getting this lack of support from my home, homeland, what I'm remembering is that my dad switched careers in, when he was 40. He was a lighting salesman, boring job, couldn't stand it, couldn't take it, loved music, was a musician in college, Shucked it all to go into music, to be a folk singer. So inadvertently, my father gives me permission to choose for love and not for money. I don't think he did it consciously, but I look back at, you know, you're a lot, I, I got this message that you're allowed to choose again later in life. You know, it's well, not like you're 35 you and, oh, I'm on this track and I'm stuck with it. You get to choose again if it's not working for you or or you didn't choose right, you can choose again, and that's what I was doing. So at 27, I give myself a birthday gift. It was my birthday, literally, and I'm like, you know what? For my birthday, I am going to let go of what my family expects from me, and I'm going to do what feels good for me and feels right for me, which is to be a chef.
2: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, there's your breakthrough. That was a breakthrough for Gail Gann at 27 years old. She's making a decision to follow her passion, her love, and it is as a pastry chef, which has brought lots of success, as you might have heard at the beginning of the show. So Gail, as your career went on, your dad in the big picture, was he very much on giving you approval uh, or encouragement?
3: No, he continues to not give encouragement, which is ironic because my, my good work ethic comes from There's so many good things I got from him, my entrepreneurial spirit, my, you know, sort of the show must go on attitude. I, I pick up a lot of good traits and habits and attitudes from him. But if you look at our relationship, he really found it very difficult to be supportive of pretty much anything I did. I remember even when I was just in art school, you know, doing life drawing, and I would bring home my drawings to show him after the first semester, and he'd be like, oh, gay, okay, don't show me those, because, you know, we, we drew n- nude models. That's how you learn how to draw the human mm-hmm. figure. He just, I remember I came home to cook dinner after I started To learn how to cook, and I was like nineteen or twenty, and I came home and made this like eight course dinner, and my dad ate every course, and then at the end, I sort of looked to him for approval, and like, what do you think, Dad? And he said, you know, Gay, what is that one ingredient you put in everything that I like? Oh
2: goodness, oh Gay. And at the time,
3: I literally was like, wait, is it the cinnamon? Is the the nutmeg? And then I thought, no, you know what it is? It's me. It's my, you know, it's it's my sincerity. He just, he just can't, he just can't be, he can't give it to me. He just can't. And I've, I watched him my whole life. People would come up and, you know, no, I'm on TV and I'm doing you know, all this stuff. And they'd say, oh, Bob, you must be so proud of your daughter. And I remember hearing him say out loud, no, I expected it from her.
2: Wow, Uh, your dad seems to be so disapproving, rejecting on certain levels that Gail, you were never enough and I put that quote in quotes. The rest of us, the thousands of people listening to you know that you're adequate, you're enough, you are successful, you are wonderful. In fact, at your current age, which I won't mention because I'm a gentleman, but you're very young, you are successful and wealthy. However, on some level, are you still hunting for approval from him, uh, Gail? And we've got about 30 seconds before we go to break. We'll pick up on that. But can you tell us, So you still looking for approval on certain levels?
3: It's so embarrassing, and I'll say my age, just so that people out there can relate. I'm 57, and okay. yes, I still look for approval. And I know it, it, I don't need it, I shouldn't need it, and it's, it just doesn't go away.
2: It doesn't go away. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. But before we go to the break, and I want to say this to Gail and to our beautiful listening audience, do we not salute and honor Gail Gann, a very successful and prosperous woman for being very honest with her feelings, acknowledging to the universe, to herself, and and to uh, us that she is still looking for approval at a certain level. You might be interested when we come back from the break to hear how that approval might, in a backwards way, help propel her to success. And then we're going to talk about different ways, perhaps, for not only Gail, but for you in the audience to look at approval from a parent who's unable to give approval. This is fantastic, and we honor Gail very much. I'm Richard Levy with our dear friend, Chef Gail Gand, in Chicago. And you're listening to Wealthy Thoughts on the Empowerment Channel at Voice America. We'll be right back. <music>
1: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts
2: at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Richard Levy. You're listening to Wealthy Thoughts. And our guest today is Chef Gail Gant. And Gail has had a string, long string of successes that are still continuing from Dr. Oz to Oprah to participating with the First Lady of the United States of America. We salute and honor you. Before we went to break, Gail was relating with us in a very brave and cor- uh, courageous manner about will seek an approval from her father. Now, her mom is gone, has passed away. We're going to talk about her dear mother a little bit later in the show. But her father was not very big on giving encouragement or acknowledging successes. Uh, Gail was at her own birthday party a few years ago, and her father, with the string of successes, financially, books, TV, asked Gail how she's investing her money. On one level, that's a smart question. On the other level... Gail is looking for acknowledgement. Happy birthday! Blow the candles out. Gail, do you think your determination to get approval from your dad could have partly, on some level, motivated you to succeed?
3: Well, that's part of the you know how why I feel so torn about this because. It does motivate me to continue to try to be successful. Um, I'm not always looking at things thinking, you know, oh, what would my dad think of this? Maybe if I do this, he'll, mm-hmm. you know, give me a pat on the back. But it did set a pattern for me to try harder all the time. And it was sort of, you know, there's a, there's two sides to the never being good enough. And I'm, I'm not sure which one's more. Damaging, and which ones you know better for you as a person. I definitely struggle with wanting his approval, um, wanting him to you know feel like I I I got it. I'm smart. I want to hear that from him still, and yet I've got all the you know all the fixings that that indicate that those things are true. That I'm successful in my career. I made right decisions. I invested my money well. I was responsible with my my money. Um, but I, I can't get it from him. And so I do think it's set a pattern of me never giving up. I have right. the inability to give up.
2: That's what we're gonna. I would like to address. And Gail has given me permission to address that. And there's a lot of you in the audience who come from families where the approval has not come from one or both parents and one in some some people end up dying and still looking for approval at a, a senior adult age and that's why I want to address that by the way those of you in the audience who have experienced that send me an email at wealthythoughts at gmail.com share your experience and I'll pass it on to Gail Gann she may not be able to respond to you but she would appreciate hearing what your experience is ladies and gentlemen many of you come from families where approval appreciation validation acknowledgement were hard to come by and that was the case with gail and her father but some of us make the mistake folks and it's an honest mistake of taking that personally that something is wrong with us and the theory goes if we work harder at pleasing we'll somehow get the parent to validate appreciate and value us gail was just talking about that that's very very normal the problem is Usually the parent may have never felt approval for just being themselves when they were young. They also got the message somehow that success makes them a quality person. And the truth of the matter is Gail, like all of you in the listening audience, was born a perfect, person with no flaws you are not who you are ladies and gentlemen because you are a doctor an accountant a teacher a nurse with a phd or a chef gail Gant is lovable for being gail unconditionally gail deep down underneath did you or do you feel anger at your dad for not validating listening and loving you for who you are as a person? Completely. Thank you <laughs>
3: yeah, for your... Yeah, I'm, yes, you, I'm, I'm so angry. You know, he's, an old, he's in his 80s now, and I, you know, I don't feel like he's at the point in his life where I could, you know, verbally beat him up for how he parented or, or lack of parenting or lack of, of, you know, being a loving parent to me. Um, but what I have on my side is I had an extremely loving mother, so I think that's part of why this balance can work. It I have had work. a very supportive mother who made me feel more special than, any, you know, than anyone else could. And I wow. think because of that, it compensated for my father's coldness and lack of support.
2: Gail was very lucky to have such a loving mother. And we're going to talk about a gift that Gail gave, that Gail's mother gave Gail when Gail was very young. In a moment, but I'd like to pass on a suggestion. Gail mentioned her father is in his 80s. Is it late in life to address it? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But what Gail can do, and ladies and gentlemen, you can do. A little exercise, when you're alone, away from the children, away from the television, you can write an angry, what I call an angry or an anger letter to them. No, you don't mail it. No, you don't give it, and it to the man or woman, the parent or the sister or sibling, the person who's unable to give you any acknowledgement. Gail, you, I would suggest you write an angry letter. You get your dollar tablet. Express your anger frustration, disappointments. A big key here is don't blame him and don't complain to him. All you are is making things worse. Of course, don't keep it. You want to address the anger letter with the in the first person eye. I felt this. I was disappointed. I'm angry about this. I was hurt about that. Right and right and right. Nobody's to see this. And when you finish with the anger letter, burn it Be sure that it's not shared with anybody. It's between you and your own spiritual power. And Gail, you may have to do this twice. Number two. (laughs) Uh, and three times. And you I, know, I, don't mean if, to laugh. I
3: took a writing workshop once and it turned out every piece I wrote was that it was about these issues and you great. know nobody's had grandchildren. I had you you know, I gave you grandchildren and you never visit them and you know, you don't do anything with my kids and every piece I wrote was sort of dealing with one faction or another of of my disappointment in our relationship.
2: Well, you'll find when you write enough, enough, enough about your anger feelings, eventually what's going to happen you're going to feel at peace and you're going to have more compassion and understanding for him and guess what between you and me and our audience he will pick up on your new energy level because he senses on some level with good attentions you're still grabbing for attention and it's not something that he's he makes him excited about but he does not he was not brought up being appreciated enough for who he was so he's really clueless on helping you. Your late mother loved you. You mentioned that. She gave you love and affection. So when you think about your father and the pain, I would like you to practice what I call in my book, self-celebration. And that is an affirmation. I love Gail and appreciate Gail. Anytime thoughts and memories of lack of love from your father come up and watch the peace and notice the peace and calm that come about you continue on your road to achievement and success which you're doing very clearly begin Gail letting go of the goal for approval from a parent your dad for whatever reason he is incapable of showing love approval and appreciation for right and that's that's one of the
3: challenges was for me to accept that he just doesn't have the capacity so it's not a fault it's not you know a flaw it just is he just does not have that skill um and it's like expecting you know someone who only cooks vegetarian to be really great at roasting a chicken they're just not (laughs) so that's how i've come to sort of view my father as he he's lacking that capacity
2: i I don't know why
3: and, but I know I have it. Is the other side I look at, you know, and that I can give it to my children.
2: You can. So you just mentioned it is what it is. In other words, make a decision, Gail. And for those in the audience with a similar situation, to welcome, embrace. And accept them without these attributes. And you can affirm, I let go of wanting approval from dad. Or if it's a mother, not a Gail's circumstance, approval from mother or from a sibling. And what you want to do after you affirm, I let go of wanting approval from dad, send him thoughts of love, appreciation, and joy. Why? This gets you, Gail, and you in the audience out of the LACK, L-A-C-K, LACK mode, and into the abundance mode. Yes, you're welcoming them as they are, and this lets you feel at peace. Gail, are there any, and I don't know about this, I'm just asking you, are there any feelings of guilt deep down for any reason at all within you?
3: Guilt do I have feelings of guilt?
2: Yeah, for any reasons of this uh, lack of communication. Oh no, I was
3: like, Well, there was that quarter of a donut I ate this morning that I shouldn't have.
2: <laughs> Good. <laughs> so mean, that's not the case in your in your in circumstance. Area,
3: no, I I I don't blame myself at all. I know that Good. I'm completely adequate and interesting and charming, if I can, you know, be so bold as to say that. I I view it as more A lack in him of just either fear of intimacy or fear of closeness um, and, you know, just afraid to give out compliments for some weird reason. I don't, it might be a generational thing for him. He's just not a guy that's connected well within his family. He connects very well in his circle of his profession he mentors a lot of people he's i have so many people coming to me telling me my dad has like helped them immensely in, in their careers and you know helped mentor them in terms of being an entrepreneur that is what he can offer and what i've looked at is that what can he do not what wow. can't he do
2: that is very positive and i salute you with that attitude in fact your attitude shows so much. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go to gailgand.com. We'll talk more about her website go look at the photos on her website I've known Gail for a very long time and Gail you are one of the most cheerful persons I've ever known these photos that you have on your website with the different celebrities uh, celebrities and personalities you all know are so happy so energetic and I feel your love for yourself and love for the universe acceptance of your father and of course of your dear mother and your dear husband Jimmy and your children. When we come back, I'm going to share with you, or have Gail share with you, her ideas about goals and affirmations. I think you'll be very interested to hear what successful and very prosperous pastry chef Gail Gann says about goals. And then you want to listen to her affirmation that she's been repeating to herself since childhood it's fabulous stay with us we'll be right back i'm richard levy with chef gail gann and you are listening to wealthy thoughts on the Apparent channel at voice america mm-hmm.
1: Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts
2: at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Richard DeLevy with Chef Gail Gann, and you're listening to Wealthy Thoughts and a wonderful success story from Gail Gann. Speaking of success, Gail, would you tell me in our audience, are you very big on setting goals with all the success you've had?
3: You know, I always feel odd answering this question because I don't like to set goals, which I know is counterintuitive to so many of the books that help you, you know, get your life on track. But I almost find setting goals limiting because they can only be as big as you can imagine. And if I had said to you 15 years ago, oh, I want to have eight books and a TV show on the Food Network and two James Beard Awards, you would think I was crazy. Like, who would have the gumption (laughs) to make that your 10- or 15-year goal? And yet that's what just finished happening to me. So I'm finding that I can't really dream as big as the possibilities that fall in my lap. So I'm just here to kind of, you know, handle what the universe tries to hand me, to answer all my phone calls, return my emails, say thank you, and just try to keep up with all the luck that seems to come my way.
2: Your mother was very supportive. You've mentioned her several times in the show, and I feel your energy. You all had a very close relationship. She was supportive of you, and she certainly loved you for everything you were and what you've done. What did she give you as a gift that helped propel you to success that you have today, Gail? A
3: couple things. I have dyslexia, so it's very difficult for me to read, to write, which ironically I'm a writer for a living now, for part of mm-hmm. my living. And when I would cook with my mom as a kid, I would mess up recipes because I'd flip around the words and the measurements and the ingredients. And my mother never said to me, oh, okay, you screwed the recipe up. She'd always say to me, oh, look, you invented something new. So she always made it a positive. When I was taking typing in eighth grade, she told me to flunk. And I said, well, why? It was a required course. She said, I don't want you to ever be someone's assistant. I want someone wow. to be your assistant. So she, she sabotaged my ability to assist others by asking me to flunk time. I mean, what a progressive idea. And this is from a woman who her father was a scientist. She wanted to be one as well, but got kind of caught in the 1960s housewife syndrome of women stay home, men go to work. And so she imparted into me this, desire to have a career, to have a job, to not get trapped at home, sort of even the like, I don't need a man kind of thing, Um, Mm -hmm. because it trapped her. The other gift that she really gave me, though, which has served me through my whole life, and I'm doing the same for my children, and I'm hoping they're hearing it, is she used to tell me that I was born under a lucky star and that everything I need will come to me. She also said I don't get wet when it rains, which wasn't exactly true, and I used to test that one a lot. <laughs> but the, the idea, as, a, as a, I must have been six or five when she said this to me, that I was born under a lucky star made me feel safe and untouchable. And I didn't feel a desire for things that I didn't have because she had told me that everything I need will come to me. And she was Right. He really was right. And that's Very what's really helped me sort of sail through and not feel guilty about the successes that I've had, but just try to keep growing as a person.
2: Which you have. And uh, your success stories, so Ladies and Jones, just join us joining us, you want to hear the introduction to the show, we'll have it on the internet this afternoon on my website, thoughtsmakeyouwealthy.com and click on radio shows and you'll hear Gail's long list of achievements and continuous um, goals well, she doesn't set goals, but what she's achieving, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but this affirmation from her mother, she was born under a lucky star, everything she needs will come to her, when it rains she does not get wet, and we know what that means figuratively, and this has brought a lot of good energy to Gail. And when you have the honor and pleasure to meet Gail in person, you'll feel that. So we thank you, dear mother, and we thank you for passing that on to your children. Gail, our Wealthy Thoughts listeners would like to know about your latest books and soon to be open Chicago Uh, restaurant, your seventh book, Gail Gann's Brunch, is in its fourth printing, and we'd like to congratulate you. And what about your eighth book, Gail Gann's Lunch, please?
3: So I have a new book coming out. It comes out May 1st, Gail Gann's Lunch. And again, it's sort of putting more emphasis on the midday meal, taking a little attention off of, of dinner. You know, in America, we do tend to eat bigger meals at night, which may not be the best for us. Um, I'd like to put more emphasis on that midday meal, whether it's having people over for lunch because, you know, they don't stay as long. It's not as complicated a meal. It's a nice, relaxed time to sit down. um, But, you know, for an hour and a half or so. My family are all musicians, so that's when I can get them to come over. They're working at night. And everyone has interesting schedules now, whether they're telecommuting or job sharing or unemployed, so people are available during the day a little bit more than they used to be. But it's also about packing better lunches for yourself, packing better lunches for your kids, teaching you things you can make the day before, and then they carry over to the next day. Um, but also, you know, going out for picnics instead of doing, you know, the formal daunting dinner party to have a way to communicate and and join at the table over food. So that's well, the new book that's coming out.
2: That's that's coming out May first, and ladies and gentlemen, do you want to get that book? Both the all of her books are available available on Amazon.com. But I would recommend you consider purchasing an autographed or autographed books from Gail and what you do is you go to her website Gail Gann G-A-N-D. That Gail is by the way, G-A-L-E-G-A-N-D. Dot com, and then click on uh, the – you want to go to her Square store. And it's a f- cute little funny name. You click on Cookbooks and Soda, and then you'll find Gail's Square store, and you can order autographed uh, books and all the products that she's selling, and you can find things about a root beer. And in that respect, you can have a little more personalization from gail gail uh what about this new restaurant can you spend about a minute on at the most on it? in fact i'm gonna have to cover that one gail is opening on march 1st a restaurant called the spritz burger in chicago and it's going to have a soda fountain and a burger and desserts a casual dinner place and she said she's be co- collaborating with another chef which is quite unusual but that opens when gail
3: That's going to open March 1st. I'm collaborating with the Hardy Boys, which some of you might have seen them on Food Network. They were the winners of the first season, want to be the next Food Food Network star. So Dan Smith is the chef component of that couple, and Steve McDonough is a mixologist, so we'll have killer cocktails, and then Dan and I will be cooking together.
2: Okay, that's Spritzburger. S-B-R-I-T-Z, space burger in chicago come to it my wife ann and i will be there on opening day or the day after to (laughs) congratulate gail gail before we close i ask i usually post these two questions of all the people you've met observed in life what are one or two reasons that they have not achieved success and wealth
3: lack of confidence in themselves and when they come to that point Where they can do something or they decide not to do it, they decide not to. I was in line once with my son Gio at a buffet, and everyone had brought different food from their ethnic background. And there were some empanadas on the table, and my son and I walked by them, and Gio said, What are those? And I said, They're empanadas. And he said, What's inside? I said, I don't know. Take one. And as we moved down the line, I heard the next mom in line, the child said to her, what are those, Mommy? She goes, empanadas. She said, what's inside, Mommy? She goes, I don't know. Don't take one. And those are the two different attitudes. Take one or don't take one when you don't know what something is. And my attitude is, let's try it. Let's take one. Let's see what it is. And then we can decide if we don't want it in our lives.
2: All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, Gail. On behalf of our worldwide audience, I, this time has flown by. I'm so touched. I, would I like know to it's start-
3: just flown. Thank you so much, Bob. I'm so grateful to get a chance to connect with people that maybe have similar or parallel situations to mine, and hopefully this has helped them become more brave and become more successful in their lives.
2: Wow, so powerful. Thank you. We love you. We hug you, Gail, and you have influenced lots and lots of people all over this beautiful planet. I'm going to send you a signed copy of my book. It covers a lot of the topics we talked about today and especially dealing with your father. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you also for your support. Regardless of your circumstances, I hope you now feel even more motivated to go after your dreams, goals, and passions. Remember what What you focus on, think about, and feel becomes your world. Why not keep your attention on love, success, health, and giving? Keep your thoughts changed, then your life is changed. Gail Gann proved that. Friends, always love and appreciate the most important person in your life. You Visit us at ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com for information about our free daily pro- prosperity messages and the radio show. This show itself will be on our website this afternoon. Click on radio shows. We'd like to thank Gail Gann again. This is Richard Levy, host of Wealthy Thoughts from Chicago, saying so long. Bye for now. <music>
1: Thank you for inviting positive success into your life this week on Wealthy Thoughts. Please join host Richard Levy again next Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And this week, think of something positive you can do to bring success to yourself and others.
0: and management.